This is episode number 383 with aspiring data scientist, Sean Casey. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, everybody. Super excited to have you back here on the show. Today, we've got a very special guest, Sean Casey, calling us from Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. And very interesting episode. It's going to be extremely useful for those of you who are specifically starting out, starting on your journey in data science, uh, just dipping the toes into the water. Sean shares his story of how he got into data science, how he got into this field several years ago, and what a crazy roller coaster it has taken him on, or what a crazy roller coaster his life has taken him on that has led him to be where he is now. He's doing data science in the space of visualization for a large company in the United Arab Emirates. In today's episode, we'll talk about quite a few things. We'll talk about data science go virtual. So if you were there, you will be able to relate to Sean's story very well, and uh, you'll be able to cheer along as we're discussing the things that happened, the people he met. Uh, we'll talk about creativity in data science, the necessity or not necessity of a formal qualification in data science. Um, you'll hear our Sean's story. We'll talk about visualization, an amazing book that you can read in the space of data visualization, why it's important. We'll talk about the data science community and Sean's tip for asking for help and why that's important. In a nutshell, this is going to be a great episode if you need that boost of motivation, that inspiration to keep going forward and to become the best data scientist you can possibly be. So without further ado, let's get started. And I bring to you aspiring data scientist, Sean Casey. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. Super excited to have you back here on the show, everybody. Today, we've got a super exciting guest joining us from Abu Dhabi, Sean Casey. Sean, welcome. How are you going, man? Good, Carl. How are you doing? Good morning. Very, so, very, very good. Very you. good. Um, what's, that, what's the time for you? For me, it's 7.30. How about you? Uh, yeah, 10.30. So, yeah, it's um, getting to the hottest part of the day at the moment. Um, but it's Thursday, so it's the end of the working week here today. Awesome. Is it uh, hot in Abu Dhabi? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, up to 45 later today, 45 Celsius. So I think that's... 45 Celsius. That's crazy. Yeah, so, what is that in Fahrenheit? I think it's 115 or something, 130. 115 degrees, 45 degrees. That's crazy. How do you cope with that? That's like, I can't even imagine going outside in that temperature. Yeah, you stay inside for as much as you can. Um, you you know, you everywhere is ac so. It's uh, you just try and avoid the heat as much as you can. Uh -huh. yeah, it's uh, it's hot for sure. Yeah. So do like did you run to your car? How how do you get or like how? You get to you get to your car, but you have to drive with your fingertips because the steering wheel is so hot when you get in there first. You no know you have to way. wait for the steering wheel to calm down uh, or to cool down. Sorry. 
It's uh, wow. get the AC checked every six months, make sure it's okay. Um, but you know, it'll start cooling down again the end of September, middle of October. Do they have like emergency services in case your AC breaks and they bring you like a portable one? <laughs> they don't. It's a good shout. <laughs> There's a business opportunity there. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, Sean, really excited to have you on the podcast. Um, tell us quickly how we met. It was like the most random thing. So yeah, it was, it was three weeks ago at Data Science Go Virtual. Um, I think it was the second day. I had spent the previous night at the keynotes, at the presentations, in the expo center, and then moved to the networking center. And you know, you you get paired with somebody for three minutes, and I met people from all corners of the world, all corners of the or all ends of the data science journey. Um, some really cool people. The second evening, then the first the first person I meet in the networking center is you. And you know, it's 1 a.m. for me. I'm standing on the balcony. It just blew my mind. Um, we had maybe a 20-second chat. And then, I don't know, I was, on my, I was on my mobile because our daughter was asleep inside. And if I was, you know, if I was chatting um, to people in the networking center on the balcony, she wouldn't have had the best of night's sleep. Um, which wouldn't help anyone. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I think I think I like it was so random. We we got connected. I think you were also probably the first person I connected with on that day. Uh, I'm not sure exactly, but the I remember like we connected, and then I was going to uh, like connect, click the I like you get the button connect so we stay in touch, and then I just wanted to make sure that it went through, and I clicked the other tab, and I think that's why the connection broke. Like that's it, you know. Like I clicked the wrong button. But luckily, once you click the connect button, you get each other's details, so you can stay in touch. Yeah, and I, that's that's happened. You know, there's um, there's been a couple of people that I've been in touch with since. You know, people who are at a similar point in the journey to myself. Um, people who are brand new to it, and you know, just a couple of messages on LinkedIn, bit of support when people share posts. You know, and it's that's awesome. Yeah, it's that's been cool, um, and so also the, the presenters. Um, you know, just a couple of the presenters, I, the, 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 the guys in Zeal, I spent the whole, the whole time in that area, just having a one-on-one -on -one chat with them around data culture. It was just the access he had was incredible. Um, Jason, Jason Koof, um, had a really interesting talk on computer vision and, you know, I dropped in a question at the end of the chat and, or at the end of the presentation and Roberto put it up to him. And again, connected with him on LinkedIn later on afterwards, and he was able to share the paper with me that he spoke about in response to my question around bias in computer vision models and how he's using, or sorry, how physics is being used to, how physics is being introduced to machine learning models to, to help them understand that, right, this might not be the most accurate picture, you know, or the most accurate um, decision. Fantastic. Yeah. That's really cool. That's, that's really cool. You could stay in touch. Um, so there, like people have heard from me about this events, you know, like we were promoting it. It was a free event. Data science go virtual. And the moreover, there was two and a half thousand people. So a lot of people listening to this would have been at the event and they can relate to you. But for those who didn't make it to the event, uh, just in, in a few sentences, could you describe like, 
why did you sign up and what your experience was? Just to encourage others, maybe next time to check out Data Science Go Virtual. So I signed up because I've been listening to the, the Data Science Go you know, real event. I've been listening to show the like, presentations from those shows for the last three years and always wanted, God, I'd love to get over to San Diego or I'd love to get to LA to, to one of these events sometime. And this allowed me to, to be there, you know, to, to be at the, the virtual event. So that, that was, was why great. I signed up. And what I took away from it was just the encouragement and the the opportunities for learning that are out there. Um, Emily Robinson's talk um, on the first evening just stood out for me. It was it was just that motivation, that encouragement that yeah, it's it's a journey. You're on a journey. Um, you can be on different points in this. You don't need to worry about the label um, or getting the label immediately or as long as you're enjoying it and you're on that journey, it's it's worth it's worth sticking with it. That's Amazing. Sure. And did you do any of the workshops? I it was one a.m. It was um, I had worked the next morning, so I didn't uh, I didn't hang around for the workshops. I've been meaning to look back at them, but you know I to no, I totally understand. That, that's that's huge that you made it one a.m. And yeah, that's kind of like the the only challenge is the time zones. Like we had people from one hundred twenty three countries, and like making sure every time zone is satisfied is really hard. So, but apart from that, yeah, like if you've got the commitment, that's, that's totally cool. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's all, it's all available online anyway, to, to look back at and to read yeah. up, you know, uh, John Crone just made his, his Google collab book available for everyone to take, you know, I just yeah. couldn't believe that, you know, it was, was that, that learning um, to be that accessible. For you to be able to access it that easily is just phenomenal. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, fantastic. Well, um, and uh, tell us, speaking of journeys, tell us a bit about your journey because uh, I asked you to describe it to me and you sent me this, this huge email which I had so much fun reading. Uh, what's, uh, tell us a bit about your journey. Yeah, so my journey into data science, data analytics, um, I started off with a mathematics and computer science bachelors back in Ireland. Um, so I would have had a foundation in object-oriented programming and just the, the logic and a good solid foundation in the mathematics. And I very randomly ended up moving to Abu Dhabi to teach uh, mathematics and computer science. Um, it's a random decision, but one I was uh, very fortunate to be able to make. So I arrived here in 2005, spent some time teaching, some time in school improvements and professional development, um, did a master's in education at one stage. And I was kind of at a point where I wasn't getting a whole lot of personal satisfaction out of what I was, what I was doing at work. It, it was great to see schools improve and it was great to see students access better learning experiences, but my own personal satisfaction of of uh, enjoyment, I guess, in, in, in my job was, was waning a little bit. Um, so I looked into different areas of what I might go down next after I finished EMA. I looked into, account <clears throat> excuse me, I looked into accountancy for a while. Um, wasn't for me. Um, I looked at doing an MBA. Again, wasn't for me. Um, I ended up going back to Java. It had been 10 years since I'd looked at Java. 
um, professionally anyway, um, eight years. So I went back to Java, did a refresher course in Java, and I got chatting to a good friend of mine, Grania Dolan, who lives in Dubai, um, works for IBM. She said, have you looked into data science yet? Because um, we would have done a similar course in, in university back in Ireland. Um, we, she said, check out data science. I can't remember, did she send me to one of your courses first or did she send me to um, the Microsoft Professional Academy? But you know, there's so much happened so quickly once I dipped my toe into it. Um, I started you know, just banging out courses for fun. I was driving to Dubai a lot at the time visiting schools and I'd have, I'd have one of the Udemy courses or the edX courses playing on the phone booked up to the speakers in the car. I wasn't watching the, obviously wasn't watching the videos, but I was just letting it soak in while I was driving. And just, just the buzz I got off it, you know, being able to spend 10 minutes watching a video or listening to, listening to a video when I was in the car and going home and be able to call that out in a bit of a race against video playing in the background and just learning skills, techniques, for a 10 minute investment, you know, and I, with mm-hmm. the, with the master's in education, I would, I could have spent three hours reading a research paper and feel that at the end of it, I was no better off than I was when I started. I, I get that it's a different type of learning and you have to, you have to be able to arrive at your own balanced arguments and to get to that argument, you need source of information. But for me, the return on the time I invested watching a course on Udemy or, you know, troubleshooting a problem on Stack Overflow or just the return was incredible. And yeah, just really, really enjoyed the, the, the journey into, into data science. Um, and I, I'm not trying to suggest that I'm anywhere near the end of the journey, but, you know, it's a journey and I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, Why did you enjoy it? What do you enjoy the most? So you, I don't know what it was like when you were in school, um, but in Ireland, in your mathematics classroom in in, uh, in secondary school, the answers were at the back of the book. Mm-hmm. So you know you do you, your teacher give you homework questions one to ten, and it could be could be on anything. But you knew opening the back page when you when you did your when you did all your work, you knew opening the back page that the answer you had on your copybook was the same as the answer in the back of the book. You just mm-hmm. knew it because of that, that sense of achievement, you know, that, that yes, you've done it right or accomplishment, you've done it right. And you put the back of the book and the answer's there as you, as you expected. Uh, I get the same sort of a feeling from analytics. You know, you can be, you can spend 20 minutes cleaning a data set or prepping a data set or, trying to work out a formula in Python or in DAX. And you, you eventually get there, you know, you get, you get it to do what you wanted it to do. And it's just that, that accomplishment, that, that sense of, right, you've learned how to do something new. And this is your, your validation of that learning. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that, that's, because I was thinking you were going to say the opposite. I think thought you were going to say that, in mathematics and school, you get the answer, but in data science, it's an open-ended question. You don't know the answer until like you find it, and then like different techniques might lead to different answers. So, like, wh- what are your thoughts on that? How do you know that it's the correct answer? It's a 
so sorry. Yeah, I when when I'm talking about that sense of accomplishment, it's um, the data science work I do in terms of predictive stuff is is minimal um, so far in my journey. It's a lot of reporting is what I've what I've been doing to now. I haven't done a whole lot of modeling. Um, okay, so BI reporting. Yeah, 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 BI reporting. Okay. But still, even there, how do you know that uh, you've got the correct answer? Like, Because you could structure a dashboard in many different ways. Yeah, you can, indeed. Um, I suppose that it's accessible to the people that are going to be using it, that it provides, it adds value to the users of the dashboard. So if we're, if we're creating one on academic results, we'll try our best to sit with the people who are going to be using it Yep. to find out what they need. So yeah. what do you need the dashboard to tell you? Yeah. So then if you're looking to do a, a calculation in DAX that, you know, there's a rolling average of of students and it, it displays the way you want it to display or the way that your end user wants to be able to extract the information from, then then it's, yeah, then it's the right answer in my head. Mm-hmm. It might not be, but it's the, it's the right answer in terms of what the user wants. Okay, okay, gotcha. So it's, uh, I guess I guess it's it's that satisfaction of uh, delivering use usefulness to the end user. But in addition, you like I, I find how it's different to school, high school, uni maths is that there it's so rigorous. It's so like okay, like very structured. There's usually like just one way or one optimal way to get to the right solution, and and you follow those steps. It's like. Um, it's just basically like a, like mathematics, right? Like it's it's a science. Whereas here, there's an element of creativity, right? Like you can you can get a right answer, but in in several different ways. And I think the satisfaction is even greater because you came up with your own way to get to that answer. For sure, and it's I, I go back go back to your first part about it. It's adding value. Is if it's making someone's life a little bit easier by being able to access a dashboard to get the information they need as opposed to having to crawl through the analytics themselves um, to get there, it'll hopefully make their their roles a little bit easier. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Helping other people get make their roles a bit easier. This episode is brought to you by Super Data Science, our online membership platform for learning data science at any level. We've got over 2,500 video tutorials, over 200 hours of content, and 30 plus courses with new courses being added on average once per month. So all of that and more you get as part of your membership at Super Data Science. So don't hold off, sign up today at www.superdatascience.com. Secure your membership and take your data science skills to the next level. Um, so tell us a bit about your the rest of your journey. So you, or up to, up to now, so you said you went to um, you started. Uh, you started learning analytics uh, through like sitting in the car, listening, going back, uh, revising. What else did you do? What? What? How else did you invest into uh, your learning curve? So yeah. So I was. I had. I got to a point where I had developed a load of additional skills. I did your Python and R, your machine learning courses. I did a load of stuff in data camp and um edX 
on on dashboarding, on Tableau, on Power BI, and so on. And I had got to a point where I thought, right, you've all these skills um, that are developing, but you've acquired all these uh, all these skills. It's time to get some bit of a formal recognition of that learning if you're going to take a step into an analytics role. And I enrolled in a in a master's in data science and technology, and I've kind of put it on the back burner for the moment um, for a few different reasons, which I'll get onto in a second. But I I used to approach the, the modules in the master's. If the module was coming up on machine learning or on visualizations or on Java, I'd, I'd enroll in a MOOC um, on an online course in Udemy or, or somewhere else on Coursera. Coursera, um, to get the foundations in the skill that was coming up in the module um, for a fraction of the price. Um, and, you know, just was able to approach the modules then with a solid foundation and thankfully we've been doing really well in them. Um, so, have, so you did the, mo the co online course just before the module came up and so you came prepared to the module in the real world course. Exactly. And as oh. a consequence, probably didn't learn as much as I could have from the, mod the master's module if I came at it fresh. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's the collective of the two that, that in informs your learning. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of put it on the back burner for a while. I think I've, uh, I think I've six modules completed. Um, I've put it on the back burner for now because I started a new job 12 months ago. I had a baby daughter nearly two years ago, so yeah, times awesome. Not as it's not as easy to dedicate your time to a full module at the moment. Um, you know, the online moves and stuff yeah. are a lot easier to do and complete. Uh, I wanted to know why did you uh, see the need for formal recognition of your skills? Like, I think it'll be a very interesting, uh, useful question for a lot of people listening because they might be asking, asking themselves the same question. Are online courses enough or do I need like a certificate from a real world university saying that I have uh, these skills? You know, I thought I did. I, I, I thought that's what, I thought that uh, acquiring a certificate from a university would be what I'd need to make that transition from the type of role I was in to a more analytics role. And looking back at it, I probably didn't need it, you know? Um, mm. It was, it, don't worry, it, it, it definitely helped me and um, because it started opening conversations that, yeah, I'm in the middle of, of doing this. But, but the skills that I've developed from the MOOCs and the online courses are, you know, they're the stuff that I use day to day in, in my role and they're the, they're far more accessible to people. They're far more affordable. They're far easier to, to commit to, you know, and I've, you know, you'll see posts on LinkedIn all the time about people saying what's more important. Is it more important to have on the job training, um, uh, online learning, through your MOOCs, enroll in the masters, you'll see some people saying that stop posting. I saw a post a couple of weeks ago, some guy saying stop, stop posting these certificates of online MOOCs 
you, what you should be doing is is working on Kaggle projects. And I totally disagreed with that. I think it's you do what you enjoy, and if if you learn best through an online MOOC and you feel like that you want to accumulate a bunch of skills in this area before you can even think about starting a Kaggle project or maybe a Kaggle project just, just doesn't seem as the best return for you. It, it doesn't, I don't think anyone should say stop, stop completing these courses because it's all learning. It's all someone just trying to, trying to learn more about the area and trying to develop a set of skills in the area. Okay, thank you. That's uh, that's very insightful. And let's talk a bit about um, the way. So, in addition to your learning, you told me before that you read uh, Cole's book, right? Cole Knaflik's book about visualization in two days, right? I think I have the book here. One sec, I'll just I'll just grab it. Actually, I have both her books right here. So I just bought them myself a few days, like a few weeks ago. So that's. Book number one, storytelling. And she's got a second one. Like I messaged her, I invited her to the podcast, and she's like, so which book are you reading? The first one's like, oh, you have a second book? And then there's a second one, like it's called Let's Practice. Yeah, hands on. So um, I'm totally loving it. It's called Storytelling with Data by Cole uh, Nussbaumer Knaflik. Fantastic book. You said you read it in like two days in Thailand. Uh, in Vietnam, yeah. So one of your one of your guests at the end of the show, you asked, you know, recommend a book, and one of your guests recommended the first one, storytelling with data, and the recommendation was so strong that I went away home that evening, bought the book. It arrived before myself and my wife went on our Christmas holidays. I think yeah, our Christmas holidays to Vietnam, and I sat in this lovely little cafe in Hoi An, uh, read the read the book in two afternoons and it was it was just though that penny drop moment you know it wasn't that it wasn't that i was learning anything completely mind-blowing it was just stating the very obvious facts that you should have known when you were creating visuals in excel or in power bi or or so on so up until that point i would have had Got a data set for a school I was working with, um, pumped it into Excel, ran off a couple of visuals, and the, vi- the visual was the last part of the step. At, up to that point, the visual was the last part of the step. So you did whatever transformations you had to, and you produced a visual in Excel, and you printed it or emailed it or whatever, but you never did anything to the visual. You know, it just... Whatever Excel recommended, you took their recommendation. After reading that book, you know, the visual is only halfway along the process because then, you, then you've got the formatting power to tell your story through the visual. Um, so simple things like just putting, getting rid of noise, you know, things that should have been very obvious to me before that point, but you, you just needed to read it to realize it. And playing with color um cold is a big fan of grays and blues mm-hmm. and it just runs throughout the book and i've tried to use that in many instances in my professional life just what is so a lot of my work would be around school inspections um and you can create a visual in whatever tool you use and you can give it to someone and hope that they take the message that the visual is trying to portray or you can 
emphasize that message to a point that it's impossible for the reader not to take the message. Um, so putting the, the noise to the background in greys and just emphasizing the emphasizing the key point. Um, so that's been really powerful for me. And the, you know, the book just opened up my eyes to a whole new aspect of a whole new corner of data science. You know, I up to that point, I guess I, I, I had seen data science as Python or machine learning. And, you know, that was the data science journey um, onto, you know, deep learning, AI, so on. Um, but this opened up a corner of it for me that there's a science behind uh, the presentation of information as well. Um, and like you've mentioned already, it's that, that crossover then between creativity and how you present that information is is really insightful. So I I got back from Vietnam. I think I had already, yeah, I'd already taken a Power BI course before that through uh, through Microsoft. But you know, Power BI had changed so much since then. And you you had guests on your show. A, a Tableau had come up a couple of times on your show. Um, so got chatting to a friend. Um, said, here, what's this Tableau thing about? Uh, same friend I mentioned earlier, Gronya. Um, she said, you know, check check it out. Um, you have a free trial version with it. Um, played around with Tableau. Blew my mind, man. It was just how quick. How quick to how quick it was to get really insightful visuals, interactive visuals that displayed, you know, a ton of information and it used a ton of data in them. Uh, so yeah, that was that was mind blowing, and you know, used Tableau quite a bit in my in my work where I could. Um, but you know, my my role wasn't at the time wasn't solely on on data. Um, I had a lot of other hats I had to wear at the time, so. Yeah, I could see opportunities in in analytics for me. Um, and for, yeah, that's probably the next question you're going to, you can cut it there, but um, there's probably another question you're going to ask in a minute about how I got no, into No, no, please keep going. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, so yeah, um, I think it was around, yeah, January 2018, um, I had been... Yeah, a lot of modules done at this stage, a lot of courses done, a lot of new skills that I didn't have three years previously. And I got a random text message from a good buddy of mine, Andrew, saying, um, would you like to go caddying this weekend? And I was there. Uh, what is never caddying? Had. Caddying is carrying someone else's golf bag around a golf course. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, so I'd never done it before, but it was an invitational that was on here in Abu Dhabi. So there was a lot of football players, ex ex Man United football players, like there was Peter Schmeichel and Dwight York, who would have been, you know, uh, the people who were roaring at the TV at in back in the end of the nineties. There, who else was there? There was Luis Figo, Luis Figo, um, Alejandro Del Piero. Um, there was a load more. Root Root so They all came to play golf in Abu Dhabi. They all came to play golf in Abu Dhabi, and we we showed up as part of a, a group to um, to caddy for them. And it was a it was a it was an invitational that was actually sponsored by the organization I work for now, Jim's Education. Um, so the two sons of the owner of the organization 
and Jay and Dino were Jay and Dino Varky were were um were playing in the competition as well as as well as a number of others, you know. Um and I got put on Jay's bag, um Jay Varky's bag. So I was carried Jay's bag around the course, had a bit of a chat with him. He said You were probably hoping for a football player. <laughs> I probably was, but you know, it probably worked out a lot better for me. You know, I was probably hoping for Peter Schmeichel, but I think it worked out a lot better for me. Um, I got chatting to Jay throughout the round. He asked me what I did. I obviously knew who he was. You know, yeah. it'd be kind of hard not to know who he was over here. Um, Even though you weren't working in the company, you knew who he was. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gems, they're they're they're. So it's a big, big company. Big company, yeah, yeah. and mm. you know, very big in the UAE. Um, so. Yeah, I got chatting to him. Um, asked me what I did. I said work in school improvement, but I'm trying to branch into analytics, data science. Had a bit of a chat. At the end of the day, he said, "Look, if you ever fancy um, coming to work for Gems, send me your CV." Um, which you know was very nice of him to say. Didn't have to say it at all, but um, very nice of him to say it at the end of the round. And then a couple of things happened in my personal life. Um, I, my wife had told me the week before that we were expecting our first baby. So, Amazing. so yeah, incredible, in, incredible news. Um, and you know, changes your focus. But then the following week, the company I was work, I was working for, we're going through some challenges and um, hit us with a with a significant pay cut overnight. Um, so you know, I must be tough knowing that you're expecting a baby to face a pay cut at the same time yeah yeah so you know it was probably the the fire i needed to to get moving you know so i said you know what jay sent me or jay told me to send him my cv sent him my cv and jay set up a conversation with my now boss uh howell benbo and who is their vp the GEMS VP for data, global data and analytics. So I set up a chat with Howell. We had a chat in a coffee shop in Abu Dhabi for uh, nearly two hours one afternoon um, and called me for an interview, went for the interview, thought it went pretty well. Um, but there was some challenges around onboarding straight away. There was some, in, some I, I, I couldn't join immediately, um, so I took a different analytics job with the local Ministry of Education. Um, stayed there for a year, but always had my sights on on the gems role. I had thoroughly enjoyed the conversation that I had with Howell and the subsequent interview, and could see that it was a place that I'd I'd be able to. You know, be able to grow. I guess um, be able to grow in grow professionally while also adding value. And then I was lucky enough to be able to join them last August, and it's been it's been a lot of fun since. It's been a lot of fun. So I think I said to you at the end of my email that you know I know it's a journey. Um, I'm never going to know everything in analytics. I'm never going to know everything in data science what I enjoy what I do you know I enjoy getting up every morning going all right not going to work in the current environment going you know going to a different part of the apartment but I it doesn't feel like work when you enjoy it and sitting at the computer all day just playing 
playing around with data is very enjoyable and trying to manipulate it so that the dashboard works the way you want it to or you're doing some modeling that you're trying to increase the accuracy as much as you can it's it's um yeah it's a lot of fun so i've been very i've been very fortunate with you know just answering the phone call to my buddy that day to getting an an offer to send my cv if i ever wanted to join their organization to you know being able to have a cup of coffee with my current boss um it's been you know i've been very fortunate to get those opportunities but i'm eternally grateful to, to all of all the people who've helped me along the way in my journey um i think the beauty about data science for me personally is that the community is so willing to help you know it's so willing people are so willing to give you a little bit of advice on the way or or try and help you solve a problem or direct you to a different course or a different piece of learning. Um, they don't have to, you know, they, they're busy themselves. They've got, they've got their own demands at work and their own pressures in their personal life. But people, you know, are still on, you can post a question on any one of the communities and you're pretty sure you'll have an answer within 24 hours for the ones I'd use anyway, the Power BI community or the, or the data enterprise, or sorry, enterprise DNA community. There's always someone there to to say, "Oh, how have you tried this?" You know. So that's just that's what that's why I'm, that's part of the reason I want to you know continue on with this, continue on this journey. Um, but number one, I enjoy it. I, mean, I enjoy it immensely. But it's the the opportunities to learn, or I'm never, I'm never going to be bored or stuck for something to learn in the future. Anyway, that's for sure. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. Um, and uh, you're right, like, it's important to enjoy what you're doing. And I, I think we're all fortunate in data science that the community is so amazing. It, it uh, makes it easier to enjoy what you're doing. Like, it, imagine if it was like a very backstabbing um, careerist type of culture where you, you couldn't trust anybody, nobody was willing to help. It would be quite hard to enjoy what you're doing faced with that every day. So I'm, I'm also very grateful for that. I don't think the area would be what it is if it had that sort of culture that you just described. I don't think the advancements which have happened so fast, you know, in the last five years, um, what's happened so quickly wouldn't have, wouldn't have been possible if there wasn't that, that collaborative nature or that, that willingness to help and the willingness to share, share my piece of work. So I go back to what, what John Crone at, at Data Science Go Virtual, he didn't need to put up his Google Colab book for, for everyone else to take. You know, he'd spent time working on that, but spent time producing it, you know, but, but he's willing to share it. I think that's, that's phenomenal. You don't get that everywhere. You don't get that in every industry, you know. It's, um, and, and it's because of that willingness to share and the willingness to put your work out there that people decided to community is able to grow and advance at the speed which it has yeah it's absolutely fantastic and you you mentioned uh there was some luck in your story by like picking up the phone and going you know like being put on the right bag of the right person while caddying uh also there was help from the community which is amazing but i think um it's important to also be fair to you that you've did a lot on this journey to make it happen. And with that, I wanted to ask you, 
what would you say is the one biggest thing that looking back um or or ability or skill or um habit that helped you in this journey something that you can share and other people listening to this can replicate in their own journeys the hard one man um i think asking for yeah asking for help i'll go back to it. asking for help when you when when you need it is is an important one you will encounter challenges along the way there will be hurdles that you're not able to overcome um or parts of code that you're not quite able to figure out but asking for help along the way be it whatever it doesn't have to be an analytics journey whatever journey you're on asking for help when you don't quite get something or when you find quite just quite that just can't quite you know hack what you're trying to do or totally digest what you're trying to learn asking for help is a really important one um because people are people are good you know people are really good people okay. people are very generally and they're they're very willing to help what why would you say that was a hurdle that you had to overcome i guess i guess it's 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 a i guess it's about your own belief in yourself um that you're you're able you might be able to do this on your own without uh, like asking for help means that you you failed type of thing uh, yeah th- that might you know as might be a subconscious thought in your head but i think throwing that off early um yeah. no matter where you are in your learning journey in whatever area of your learning journey um or sorry, okay. whatever area you're learning in i think that's a throwing that off quickly and knowing that it's okay to ask for help so okay well how do you ask for help where do you ask for help so my team is a, the team i work with incredible at the moment and i think lockdown or remote working has really helped us with that so we're a small team but my boss, Howell, will set up a time where we can go onto Microsoft Teams call and he'll share a piece of his work from the last couple of days or I'll share a dashboard that I've been working on and you know, put your hand up straight away. I, I, I've hit a problem here. Can, either of, can anyone here have a look at this? So the team together will, will try and troubleshoot the problem um, on, the, on the screen. Um, so that'd be a first one if I'm at home trying to figure something out by night, I'll go to I'll go to YouTube straight away because if I've ran into the problem at my stage of the journey, someone else has encountered it before. Um so last night my issue was around a refresh in Power Query taking incredibly long for the you know, in relation to the size of the data set I was working on and you know, a quick video from, I don't know if you know those guys from Guy in a Cube. Um, oh. Adam, no, the, you know, it's just five minute videos on how to figure out your own challenges in, in Power BI. Um, so yeah, I, I was basically putting too many merges into, the, into Power Query that I didn't necessarily need. Um, so that was slowing it down. I go to the communities. Um, there's always someone in one of the communities who will offer help. What um, communities? So Power BI, Power BI, most of my work's in Power BI. So the Power BI community, I'll go there. I'll go to the Altrix community and someone will have published their workflow on the Altrix community, which you can just download and adapt for your own, um, for your own problem or your own project you're working on. Stack Overflow, if I'm working in Power BI or in Python, I'll 
back overflow is definitely my go-to if it's an issue in Python. Um, because it's, you know, people, unless you're at the, the very edges of the data science space, someone else has encountered these problems before, you know, and they're, they're quick fixes, you know. It's, it's um, the, the code will be there for you to copy and paste and use in your own projects and your own work. And I think it, it, it just goes back to that collaboration and that willingness for people to, to share their work, put their work out there and let others learn from it and then take it and take it further, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how that's how it grows, you know. That's that's how we've got tech to the mind-blowing space that it is in the last fifty years. It's um, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so interesting. So your advice about asking for help goes back to not just and uh, because first I understood it as like an external asking for help, and but it's a combination of. Um, asking for help externally and searching for the right answers that others have maybe already asked for and they exist. So ultimately, it's, it is what you said in terms of um, being able to be honest with yourself and be kind to yourself that, hey, look, I don't know everything. It's totally fine. I've tried to figure this out. Let me go check what, what others suggest. And so like not being stubborn, I guess, and trying to prove to yourself that, yes, I have to do it myself. Yeah, and that's a that's an internal thing, you know. That's mm-hmm. something that you you need to. Move. I'm not saying it's something that's a challenge that everyone has. That, but that's true. Like uh, success is eighty percent psychology and twenty percent mechanics, right? Like most of the time, what is stopping us from progressing in our careers is internal, right? Like it's so it's a very useful piece of advice that you're sharing that there are people out there who are probably stuck because of some internal stubbornness or fear fear of being an imposter or fear of being um feeling that they're not good enough or not uh, or that they fail fear of failure and that is really preventing them so like looking within will will always yield much more progress than looking without yeah um and just on just on, on something you said there about um feeling that you don't belong, you know. Um, yeah. I, I, I mentioned this in my email to you, but I remember that first certificate I got from one of your courses on Udemy. Uh, I think it was the Python A to Z course. Mm. You know, I'd seen loads of them on LinkedIn. I'd seen loads of other learners putting posting them on LinkedIn up to that point. And I got that first certificate. I can't remember the exact date. I'm going to guess it was... Sometime around late 2016, um, mm. late 2017. I can't remember exactly, but um, I posted that certificate on LinkedIn at the time. I might have had 150 connections on LinkedIn. You know, I was I wasn't very active on it at all. But because I tagged yourself, Super Data Science, you know, people started people started seeing it, and it, people from all corners of the world started clicking on it, writing a little encouraging post. It was like their way of saying, hi, you're, you're, you're dipping your toe into data science. We'll welcome you, you know, we'll welcome you with open arms. It was, you know, it was, it was powerful, you know, people that, not that you're doing it for the likes or you're doing it for other people. You're not, that's, not, that's not why you're doing it, but it was just a sense that, right, the community is happy to see someone else here and you're, you're not an imposter, an, an imposter. You're, you're learning like the rest of us. We all have to learn somewhere. I love it. 
you're not an imposter, you're learning. That should be the tagline of this episode. I love it. That's awesome. Um, Sean, what's next? What's next for you? What's next? Um, I enrolled in your uh, data associate bundle, and there was that was for free a couple of days ago. I think the whole the whole team enrolled in it, so I want to complete that awesome. and start ticking off a few a few courses. I want to I I I'd want to be able to spend a bit of time looking at into computer vision and NLP a little bit more, but. You know, I have a few other areas I need to to tidy up on first before I get there. Um, I yeah, just keep learning, man. Just just keep enjoying it and keep trying to trying to find better ways of doing what I'm doing already. Um, you know, like I I'm learning a lot in every day just on the job. I'm learning a lot in the back end of Power BI and the the, the Power Query part of it and trying to make trying to spend more time in there to spend less time on the canvas, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. just setting it up right in, in there. Um what else? Um yeah, just keep having fun, man. Keep keep enjoying it. Keep keep sharing my learning with other people, you know, if they ask. You know, I've had a lot along the way, I've had a lot of people ask about I, I don't try and portray that I'm a data scientist by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's a goal that I'd like to get to at some stage. Um, I use a little bit of modeling every now and again, but you know, that's the. Also, but if people ask you, how did you get into into this? How did you what what were you doing? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll always send them in the direction of a few different courses. Like at work, a lot of people ask about Power BI. They see. They see the product of our work in the dashboards we publish, and they'll ask me, "Okay, where can I start learning?" You know, and we've got the licenses to share with them, and it's share share learning opportunities, share courses. Um, just let people welcome people. I was welcomed in. Let welcome other people in. You know, fantastic. Well, very very um, inspiring advice. Um, Sean, this story brings us to the podcast. I wanted to ask you uh, to finish off. What's uh, what's your one message to those learning data science? Those are starting out in this journey of people who are like feeling just like as you as you were dipping their toes into this uh, field. What would your one biggest piece of advice for them be right now? To start small, um, and you know, all of a sudden new aspects open up very quickly and that's the so when i say start small you know take a take an, an online course in a in a data viz tool or in a programming language and once you've completed it and it, you still like it all of a sudden you you know a whole new set of doors open so that's the you know, when I say doors, I mean doors within that learning journey, you know, within. So I had no idea I was, when I started out in data science, that I was going to end up being, spending most of the time, most of my time in Power BI. Um, it's, that was a door that appeared after I'd learned a certain amount of skills already or developed a certain amount of skills already. And that's another part of it too, with the, with the learning. If uh, there was a, 
challenge recently, yeah. So there was something I hit recently on using a rolling average in Power BI, and it's the same in using it in, in you know, hitting a problem in another area of of a programming language that when you when you learn how to do something differently, you then start applying that new learning to your to your work, to your either your dashboards or your code or whatever, until you hit another new problem because of what you learned with this oh, problem. Uh -huh. so it's, all of a sudden I can I'll just take an example, all of a sudden I can do uh, rolling averages. Yeah. Uh -huh. Now the uh -huh. next part I'm going to hit is I'm going to hit a challenge around rolling averages that are split over different quadrants or different mm. different so it's a solving like a problem over I think it's called more. I think it's called like a threshold concept when cuz like once you learn it it's something you can't unlearn and makes you see the world differently now that you know rolling averages you're always going to think oh can I apply rolling average here you're always going to see those same things that you saw a year ago but absolutely differently because there's potential for you to apply this new skill yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, until you hit the next problem, you know, and then you're better. You know, you hit the next problem, you go away, you learn how to, how to solve it, you ask for help, you apply it, and you'll hit another problem again. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're never going to be bored anyway, that's for sure. So basically, start small, and if you like it, progress in that direction. If you don't like it, try something else. Exactly, you know, because there is so much to it. There's so... Yeah. There's so much in the in the data science, data analytics area. You know, you don't you don't have to be working on the same tools. That the tools are adapting and being produced and being released quicker than we can keep pace with. But it's it's uh, it's the skills. You know, it's the way you approach it. Is your 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 thinking that will that will get you through. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Sean. Great advice. Great advice. Um, on that note, we're coming to an end to wrap up. I want to say thank you for coming on the show. And uh, also, before we finish off, before I let you go, where's the best place for people to get in touch with you? Maybe they have follow-up questions, just want to connect, network with you. Yeah, so LinkedIn's the easiest one. Um, John Casey um, on LinkedIn. I've taken a bit of inspiration from Emily's talk uh, data science go virtual and i'm in the middle of hopefully setting up a blog post as well it's not there yet but um, it will be and once i once i have that ready um i'll i'll let you know because you know as emily said in her presentation and as i've heard from loads of other people already that you have this knowledge now don't keep it you know share it let other people learn from it um so yeah i'll have a blog post Later on, it will be on insightandanalytics.com, but it's just not there yet. It might be by the time the podcast airs. Maybe, yeah. If you <laughs> if you put in a bit of work <laughs> very soon, it might go go there soon. Uh, it might be there when podcast goes live. Okay, fantastic. And so LinkedIn, uh, in, and you said insight and analytics. Yeah, insightandanalytics.com. Insightandanalytics.com. Awesome. Well, fantastic. Uh, one final question for you. What's a book that you can recommend to our audience? I think you probably have it within reach there, do you? Oh, yeah. This one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Storytelling with data. Definitely. You know? And uh, that, that doesn't have to be for people 
who work solely with data, anyone that presents information in any aspect of their of their role, if you want to make sure your message, the message you want the audience to take from the visual is what they take, that book's definitely going to help you. Fantastic. And and it's a, such an easy read. Like, it's big because, uh, like, it's in the size, the height and the width is, is big because the images, right? But there's a lot of images and there's, like, there's a lot of margins. I can tell you, when you said you read it in two afternoons, I was so surprised. But then when I started reading it, it's so easy. Like, you can read a whole chapter in under an hour very easily. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I was, I don't know, it, I suppose this, the setting where I was at the time, the book, everything, it's just one of those moments that I look back on, as, like that penny drop I said earlier on, it was so enjoyable um, and a great read. And, you know, I, I followed Cole as well on, on LinkedIn and seen some of the stuff that she's moved, you know, some of her talks and presentations. And it's, it's you know, it's great. You know, it's great to keep learning um, along the way. Fantastic. All right. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Nice one, man. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you to all the community. You're, you're, you're great. <laughs> So there you have it. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Sean and got lots of valuable takeaways. I actually had read his story. He sent it to me in an email before the podcast. So I knew lots of many parts of it. But at the same time, during the podcast, I found myself listening and mesmerized by how he was describing the things that led him to be where he is now. Every story is unique. Every story is so interesting. And thank you very much, Sean, for coming on the show and sharing your story. And my favorite part probably was the advice that Sean gave at the end. Start small. It's such valuable advice. Data science is such a broad field. Doesn't mean if you're getting into data science, you have to do machine learning, computer vision, or artificial intelligence. Don't have to be an expert Python programmer. You can go into data visualization. Or you can go into machine learning in Python. Or you can go into uh, data preparation and SQL and databases. and Or you can go to into data science leadership and management and things like that. There's lots of areas to get in uh, into data science. And by starting small, you, lim- like you reduce the downside. Basically, you don't invest three years of your life into a degree that might not be exactly that part of data science that you want to be doing. So starting small, trying out a few courses, understanding what you actually like about this field is a great, great thing. And of course, talking about the data science community, that was fantastic. I love everybody in the data science community. It is so friendly. As usual, you can get the show notes for this episode at superdatascience.com slash 383. That's superdatascience.com slash 383, where you will find the transcript for this episode and any materials we mentioned on the podcast. And if you found this episode inspiring, educational, motivational, uh, that it challenged you, that provoked you to think in a different way, then share it with somebody you know, somebody who might need that extra boost of motivation or inspiration to keep going with the data science journey. Very easy to share. Just send them the link to predatascience.com slash 383. And on that note, I look forward to seeing you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing. <laughs>